Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for more discussion of stuffs with TV show thingies, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Siri, whatever, you know, whatever we landed on for your Vulcan name, and, uh, you know, Lieutenant Commander David, the mother of dragons, first of his name, breaker of chains, uh, former first officer, former junior ensign, creator of the sky, the rainbow hopper, the mm-hmm. guitar player, <laughs> the lawn mower. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the keeper of coin. The keeper of coin. <laughs> I can't keep up with all your titles, man. I need like a journal, like a separate journal, just a log all the grand accomplishments that you've made we talking about like a paper joint you're gonna like write all this down you're gonna like calligraphy it out or something yeah man i got a i got a sweet calligraphy pen do you really (laughs) i do actually (laughs) (laughs) i do yeah man how are you two doing how's your week been yeah that's that's how we started this thing that's that's a thing (laughs) yeah not bad busy week Pretty busy, pretty busy week. Very good. Busy week doing fun things. Yay, fun so, things. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the fun. I feel like we'll go downhill. It'll be fun. Great. So, awesome. <laughs> no, great. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> no, so what was it? Uh, last last Sunday, saw Bill Burr perform at, uh, at the shot in Columbus. Nice. Uh, that Very was cool. a pretty good, pretty good show. Can't honestly believe that all the stuff that he did there would have been in a special. Cause it was, anyway, it got a little wild. It little wild at times. Like, you know, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Bill Burr is going off the reservation. I don't know what's going on, but uh, went to a really nice kind of German restaurant. Had a big old stein of beer. That was that was fantastic. Some pretzels, sauerkraut balls, all that good nice. sort of jazz. And uh, yeah, this this weekend is sports weekend. I was telling my girlfriend, it's like, so you realize that there are going to be these occasional sports weekends where we just like go see AAA baseball and then we go to like a crew game and then like, uh, you know, the Jackets are still playing. Let's just go sports weekend. So this is like one of those sports weekends. Like tomorrow's baseball, Saturday's a big group of people going to a crew game. So And the NFL good, good draft times. is on right now. I don't care about the NFL draft. I don't want to talk about the NFL right now because like, you know, it, one of one of one of the mutual friends that, that Chase Chase uh, obviously knows. Uh, you know, big Browns fan. You know, or Lane was. Big, was a big Browns fan. Was, this yeah. whole debacle that it's going through. Uh, you know, set aside all the allegations and everything against the current quarterback of the Browns. Uh, Dude, I just I love that little guy. I love Baker Mayfield. I just love that little guy. You know, just going out there, just being a crazy person. You know, <laughs> playing hurt all year, just like, you know, do, doing, you know, PO and Ohio State fans when he played for Oklahoma, planting the flag. I personally thought it was funny, but anyway, you know, it, it, I just love that little guy. And they've just literally just kicked him to the curb. It's like it's leave him alone. Those awful commercials he makes. I like the commercials. Those commercials are terrible. <laughs> they are great commercials. They're great cheesy commercials. If they were in the 1970s, it would have been it would have been the perfect thing ever. You know, it's like Terry Bradshaw going out there doing it. It's just modern day Terry Bradshaw. You know? oh, but that's great. 
They're great. It's his house. <laughs> Next season's commercials are just like an empty screen just in the stadium like nobody's there. It'll, it'll be like COVID all over again. Empty stadiums with cardboard cutouts yeah. of people in the stands. And, and, and you could hear the TV broadcast pumping fake cheering. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's great. That's great right there. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the um I guess like the only like sports news for for our side is uh Dallas Stars. Uh they won the uh, wild card slot for the playoffs, so they're in officially in the uh the Stanley Cup chase right now, so pretty happy about that. And um speaking of our mutual friend who is a former Browns fan, um we're actually going to a uh, Major League Rugby game um, here pretty soon. So nice. um, I know he's really into rugby. I've never seen a game of rugby. I don't know how it's played. Crazy it, confusing game. It is. I know there's confusing. a big ball and there's running and tackling involved, and that's about it. And they well, sometimes the they kick it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I know is like someone I, – I know two people that played rugby. Just two. One is our mutual friend, David, and one is our mutual friend, Eric, and that's it. Okay. You know who I'm talking about, Eric? I do not. He's a little younger than us, Brian. Brian Keir? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know he played rugby. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was like hardcore into rugby when he was younger. Anyway. Well, how how's your uh, week been, Eric? Um, excuse me, I've got this scratchy throat. I don't know what's going on here. Um, no, it was fine. Um, we went to, uh, you know, my girlfriend's mom's birthday party on Saturday. It was like a Mexican barbecue. Hey, what's you know, up? It's like, I know, it's like, do I have to speak Spanish when I'm here? Because I don't mercy. speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm a mathematician. <laughs> I can because, do logs. Can I just do a log for you? Well, you know, I was there, and like, you know, her mom and and all of her 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 mom's sisters, um, and everyone there they they don't speak English really. Okay. So I'm, so I'm like, está bien. Donde está el baño? Ah. Like, habla español. Muy poquito, muy poquito. <laughs> well, well, how'd it go? How'd it go? It went fine. Okay. Did you? Well, so, what's at a Mexican barbecue? Like, how do we fuse that, those two terms? Uh, just meat, right? Oh, <laughs> just <cute>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just meat. Okay. <laughs> Just like any other barbecue, there's meat. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be like, you know, you have some like charcoal briquettes and you're like throwing some tamales down like on the grill or something. Like that's what I'm thinking. Tamales are great. Yeah, man. I didn't, really, to... I, I didn't really ask what it was. They're just like, here, here's a plate of meat. Eat it. <laughs> no tortillas? Like what are, what are we doing? Just yeah, I mean, there was, you know, there was some, some you know, some... Mexican rice and beans, and you know you could use a tortilla, and you can you can wrap that up too. Okay, Eric. Okay, I, okay. 
how did you use the tortilla? Okay, this is this is like real real talk. How did you did you just like you know throw everything in like a like you're building a taco, or did you rip the tortilla apart and pinch things? No, you put everything inside of it. Okay, you did the white boy version of it, man. I'm That's just what everyone else was doing. Man, okay, when I was living in West Texas, like I got so much crap for whenever I was around like all my Hispanic friends. I got so much crap for it that I just was going like white boy style of like just loading up like a corner of flour tortilla with stuff and just eating it. That's what like, everyone else was doing. Sure. But like they were like, No, this that's not how you do it. And like it would be like you tear it off and then you like just pinch like your meat, like your beans, your whatever, and like you just you're that's that's how I got so much crap for it. So I have to give someone else crap for it so I can justify myself in suffering. You know, it's no, fine. There was there was none of that. Wow. Nobody nobody was eating like that. Wow. Okay. Well let me weigh in here as the as the person closest to Mexico in the north. <laughs> Let me go ahead and just weigh in here. <laughs> we have some Mexican restaurants up here. Uh, yeah. Is it I, I try to say, like, hey, I'm gonna take you to a good Missouri Mexican restaurant. We're gonna order the chorro pollo. And she's like, What? What is that? <laughs> it's chorro pollo. It's chorizo and pollo, chicken. Slathered in like cheese sauce, like that's not a thing. <laughs> oh, but it is. Oh, Let me show is. you. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I kind of want to try that now. You've never here, had chorro pollo? I mean, I'm sure I have. Like, in di- but like next time you're up here, okay? Like, you can use my kitchen. You can make it, Eric. I tr- okay. I trust you. Okay. Fingers crossed. All right. Anyway, yeah. Deal. Oh man! Wow. Okay. Well, I feel better now. Thanks for the thanks for the laugh. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Wow. Oh well, now I don't even want to talk about my week because mine sucked compared to y'all's. <laughs> David's heard some of this, and I'm sure some of our listeners have caught wind of some of it from what I post on Twitter, but dude, so, okay. So David and I were at one point, I think it might've been pre-show the last time we were about to do like a, a Picard discussion. We kind of like joked around about how the Imzadi two review could have been considered like our lost episode at some point. We kind of joked about that, but no, no joke. Imzadi two almost did become the lost episode for the podcast. Yeah. So I, um, not too long ago, um, I was sitting down to, you know, load everything up and start, you know, editing the, uh, like couple episodes, right. Uh, to put out for, for all our listeners. And I plug in the external hard drive where I keep pretty much every single production file. And then I hear like this, like weird kind of like flat, beeping noise and I'm like that doesn't that's not good that's that's not good and um so I'm like well what would Jordy do he would you know turn it off and turn it back on type of thing he would unplug it he would reinitialize it type of thing I did that multiple times didn't work so now I'm like kind of freaking out 
I'm having like the meat sweats and everything. And uh, so I end up going to Geek Squad and uh, taking my, my external hard drive. And they're like, yeah, we can't access it. Uh, we're going to have to send it off. And it's going to cost uh, almost a grand for us to try and do anything with it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So um, I ended up having to buy a new external hard drive and rebuilding like the stuff, right? Like rebuilding like basically the template that I use for, you know, editing episodes and everything, which um, was kind of a pain in the butt. But I mean, it it worked out well enough that it wasn't too frustrating. But that's been, that was the beginning of my week. And even like trying just to take the casing off of the external hard drive, like I sliced my thumb and there was like blood everywhere. So it's just been a great start. It's been a great start. So, wow. uh, but, but we got the, we got the two episodes out. So Amzadi two is not a lost episode. Sorry, David. Sorry to disappoint you on that one, bud. Mm, I, I am quite disappointed to be honest with you, Chase. <laughs> you know, <sighs> but we um, don't need a record of that. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's it just, too painful. Just far too painful. Oh wow, this is this is great podcasting, by the way. We are encouraging people to not listen to one of the episodes. Love it. That's right. Um, but in all seriousness, I re- I'm really invested in getting the um, ex- the um, hard drive I was using, um, at least some of the data, if not all the data, recovered. Um, I shared this with David in a text when I was kind of venting with him about it, because I know you you have like a ton of files too for your oh. for your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's not just podcast stuff. Like I have things backed up in multiple stuff. Like me and my brother had this whole project after our grandpa passed away where we uh, preserved a lot of his like uh, performances. We found all these VHS tapes and we converted them to digital and stashed them in different places, burned them to discs and all this stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. There's there's a lot. Digital age is it's different. Nothing lasts forever, but by God, it'd be nice if it lasted longer than the life of some of these stupid external hard drives. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so, I mean, we have like roughly, I think it's like 130, 140 some odd episodes that we have for this particular show. And, um, um, I have pretty much every single one on that hard drive. Um, so I have like all the, all the like individual tracks that we record and put, put together, all the sound bites and all that stuff. But beyond that, um, I have like my late mother's voice on there too. So that was like a gut punch when I realized that it was on there. Um, several backed up versions of like dissertation versions on there. So I'm not sweating the dissertation thing. Cause I had that backed up on other things too, because I'm not dumb like that. Like if I lose one thing, I got to have it somewhere else. So, um, but yeah, like I'm going to be going to, um, to someone, uh, across town here, um, pretty soon to, you know, have them look at it for a lot cheaper with a much, with a really solid reputation. So, so yeah, that's, that's life. That's, that's where I'm at right now. So anyway, so I'll be accepting any, um, you know, prayers and good vibes from people when it comes to this hard drive thing because I really need it to come through. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, but other than that, um, glad I could be the wet blanket. Happy to be the wet blanket this week on, on all that. After all that joy, all that joy. 
So, all right, gents, do you want to talk about Trek? I suppose that's what we're here for. All right, let's talk Trek. All right, everyone. So, uh, if this is your first time listening, we are going into spoilerific territory. So this is your red alert. Red alarm. As we go into Star Trek Picard, season two, episode nine. I can see. Wow. Yay. E episode nine, guys. Uh, we're almost at the end of whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, I mean, like, whatever this is. Like, yeah. somebody honestly tell me before we get into this. What is this season about? I, I like, that's a know. serious question. Like, um, what is this season about? I want to say Picard, but that seems like... It seems like this is a trick question. I, I, I don't have the answer to this. Like, is this some story about, like, Q? I don't know. Is it? Like, I don't know. Like, is it a story about... Picard rem misremembering his past and finally looking at it? I don't know. Like, is it a story about, like, changing the future? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what this season is actually about. Because it is, like, all over the place. One thing yeah. that I've been thinking about along, along these lines, and I don't know if, like, David or our listeners or, or you, Eric, have, have thought about this or not, but, you know, with this being a three- season thingy you know season one was essentially largely about the past you know and dealing with the grief over data you know standing in for, for Picard um, so I've been like wondering like if if season one was about like working through the past is season two our current season about Picard's present and season three is going to be about his future. That would make too much sense, but I mean, I'm going with it at this is point. Is this season about Picard's present, though? I mean, like it we seems got to the, be about his past. We got the Laris thing, and like, hey, baby, kiss me, type of thing. <laughs> you know, like, why, why, why yeah, don't you like me? Why don't you like me? Like, we big spent red, a whole she, episode she's, she's going you, man. back into his mind about like the mind past. Palace. We have this episode with some weirdly timed flashbacks going into his past again, right? Like, this, there's no way this is about his present. And, like, the whole thing is Q is, like, like, Q told him, I'm giving you the chance to fix things, you know, atone for something in your past, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, this is... Like, especially the ending of this week's episode just kind of, like, threw me for a loop. Um, but we'll eventually get there, I suppose. Like, just really threw me for a loop. Um, any, any thoughts, David, before I, I continue rambling? <sighs> I, I don't know, man. I mean... <laughs> I there there are we've speculated a lot about like what what certain things could could mean <clears throat> but 
one thing I guess I'll, I'll kind of just expostulate on here a little bit in the beginning. It, it was it was something we kind of joked about a lot uh, when we were watching Discovery, in how, hey, where's this character? Hey, what's happening with this character? Why don't we see this person? Uh, where's where's uh, so and so that I can't remember their name anymore because they were unimportant, but they were important once. Um, and and then we kind of get here and we we sort of try and like pack these little mini arcs in every episode for like eh, Girati's doing stuff and uh, Rafi and Seven are doing their fighting stuff and you know here's um. Uh, buh. can't remember his name because my brain's tired. Elnor or Rios? No, Rios. There we go. Here's Rios and his new girlfriend and kid, and, and they're just doing doing things, speaking Spanish with each other, and uh, you know, eating cake. And uh, maybe they're gonna have a meat barbecue. I, I don't know, a little little Mexican barbecue or Let's a go. Chilean barbecue or something like that. It'll be great. Um, but the most absent and because it was some of the better parts of so far this season is Q. Like this is an episode sans Q. I don't care about this Borg stuff. I do not care even one little bit. I'm going to complain about it later though when we get to it, but like, I don't care about it. It's just so unimportant. I want to know more about the flipping Q who's dying. That's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Where is Q and why do I have to constantly have like, look, not to get like too far ahead. This is, I mean, it seems like a pretty clear send off for Jurati. Like, are we ever going to see her again? Yes, yes, we're going to see her again when she becomes the Borg Queen from Episode 1. That's that's 100% happening. Yeah, and you're probably right on that, but it's like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and complain about it now. I think one of the cool <laughs> things about Star Trek has always been how they fix problems, and it seems like they're very content not to fix this problem of her effectively turning into a different Borg Queen and what the hell does that mean for the future if the Borg are going to be all nice and stuff then doesn't that just completely like retcon all the other Borg things that happen in the future okay so you, or because you, you this said, is like an alternate timeline then this well, is different well, okay, but we'll go to okay. war you said the R word though we've already huh? retconned things like crazy this season well I know that but like further going further in on it you yeah, know what I mean like Every time we time travel, oh, we have to be careful. We can't, we can't change the future. All of our actions, super careful. They have like done everything they could to like change the timeline. They're not even trying to protect the timeline at this point. They're just like, yeah, whatever. What happens, happens. There's so many things that they've done that are just yeah. like, how do you reconcile this with? Like, when you get back to the future... I don't even know how we're going to get back to the future at this point, because we don't even have a ship anymore, right? How, so how do we get back? Well, see, this is what happened. <laughs> see, you see, what happened is that not Duquesne becomes Duquesne, and you see his 100-year-old DeLorean is hidden in a cave, right? 
<laughs> and they're going to get in the 100-year-old DeLorean, right? And they're going to go back to the future that way because where they're going, they don't need roads. And they're going yeah, but- to hitch. They're going to. No, hold on, no, hold on. Then they're going to get onto the time ship relativity in the I future. This. I hate it all. Like, and that's how they're going to save the future when and we get, get back to the future. When we get back to the future, how can we be certain that we're going to go back to our future? All the the stuff that's happened, especially like you meant, like with the Borg now, is like presumably Gerardi Queen is headed to the Delta Quadrant to change the Borg. How does that? That's a significant change to our future timeline. Yeah. Does that mean if if they're gonna if they're <clears throat> well, I guess we're talking about the ending already. Um, <laughs> eight minutes in to actual discussion. Um, <laughs> does that mean that Picard will have never been Locutus, and because he has never been Locutus, that he's not going to have this trauma and all this angst about the Borg anymore? Well, does that mean that Seven of Nine, her parents, the Hansons, don't try to travel to investigate the Borg, don't get assimilated, no no Seven of Nine? And no Seven of Nine helping Janeway and the Voyager crew get back to the Alpha Quadrant. No. Oh, and by the way, the, these folks no will Cisco, all perfectly no remember all of this when they get back. No Cisco's dead wife. Does that mean he's not the Emissary to the Prophets anymore? Man, like we're just unraveling all sorts of things now. It's dumb. <laughs> no, you, you know, you guys know exactly how this is going to end. Whether it's Picard becoming Q or Q becoming new, reborn again Q, it's just going to snap back. You know that's how it's going to go because that's it's all complete garbage now. Basically, it was all a dream. Yeah. Then I, then I woke up. Then I snapped yeah. my fingers. That's like terrible. That's awful. That's seventh grade writing. I know. Or, or <laughs> hold on, hold on. Or it's going to be even better than that, y'all. You ready for this? You ready? Hold on. Hold on. Y'all sitting down for this one? Riker's going to show up, or Worf is going to show up on the Enterprise F. Okay. Heard you needed a little hand there. We, we heard from one of our buddies. Ch- Ch- Chakotay is going to come in, in, you know, back yeah. from Prodigy and we'll cross yeah. stream Chakotay and it'll be great. Chakotay with the Protostar is going to show up. Can, oh, I, and okay, because like, it's going really fast, that's how we get back to the future. Yeah. Okay, look, I know y'all are joking. I'm 100% on board with that. I am 100% on board with the live action Protostar. I don't even care. I'm totally okay with that. Listen. But, like, Riker coming to save the day in the final episode in season one was our best fist-pumping moment, right? Riker coming to save the day here would be the would win the award for biggest WTF moment. Yeah. <laughs> right? We had those two awards. Yeah. Fist-pumping moment, WTF moment. That's, this Directed would be the, by like, Jonathan how would, you, how would you even, like, make that happen? Like, like in what world... Oh could you do that without a five-hour episode? Well, you see, well, see what happened is Queen Gerardi, right, goes back to the future because she hitched her ride on the the La Serena, and then she, you know, she 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 got onto the time ship relativity. She beamed down. She got into a three hundred year old DeLorean. She met up 
with uh, with with Riker and Worf and all the next gen people, and they're like, we we got we got to get back in the saddle again. We got to do this. We got I mean, we're in season three. We got it. We got to do something. We gotta we gotta set up the cliffhanger. Let's go. But like new <laughs> Trek, new data. Trek doesn't do cliffhangers, right? In the sense that new Trek wraps up its story in every season, doesn't it? That's that's what it like. Except Discovery, for Decks. Discovery season one, boom, wrapped up the story. Discovery season two, wrapped it up. Season three, season four, Picard season one, wrapped it up. Like that's well, just see, not what they're doing. And so, but like this is the thing. There are so many dangling plot. I know we're we're jumping. We're talking about the ending here instead of working our way through this episode. But like, there are so many dangling plot threads here. Like, okay, now we've got like the Adam song of it all and the Corey song. Like, what does that have? How are you, are you gonna do any of that satisfactorily? Are you gonna like? What's the? How are you gonna wrap up the Q storyline? Like, is there a romance between? Picard and Talon slash Laris. Like, are you gonna bring back Guinan? Like, I feel like Guinan, in some aspect, is gonna be brought back in this last episode, whether it be Ito. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your last name, or whether it be Whoopi Goldberg. I feel like we're gonna get Guinan back, right? Now we've got this two Renee's mystery that just got dumped on us here. What is that? Like, uh... there's so much happening here that like. How do you resolve this in a 60-minute episode? How, how is this not a two-hour, three-hour episode to satisfactorily finish all of these things? It's a great question, my friend. That's a fantastic. <laughs> that's a fantastic question. By the way, there. This is just like a little, little tiny, dumb thing. But like, so. You, you you have Adam soon here who who's just doing his little experimentation stuff. Um, how does his line continue? Like to to lead to other soon, like you know down the road. Yeah, we had that discussion last week, right? He's got to have mm-hmm. children, right? Right. Unless he's yeah. got a twin Did brother that this? unless he's got a twin brother that is the one who who <laughs> like, uh, an identical twin brother and that's the one that carries on the song line. You Larry. killed my brother, my identical twin brother. <laughs> brother, no. You killed Larry. I don't I don't know. Yeah, we we talked about that last time like like there's there's no wife that we know of. There's no. Was I not no here lady. for that, or did I just block it out? You probably blocked it out, <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell are these writers doing? Like I, you know, I try not to be hypercritical, even though sometimes I get a little hypercritical with some of this newer stuff. But like, what are we doing? Right, right now. How many episodes? Just one left, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just one. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a thirteen-episode season like Discovery, not, where you don't have I mean, four episodes left. Unless yeah. they're going to be like, oh, surprise, two more episodes. Well, that, that's that's why I, I go back to just uh, like a you know the whole dream a snap because like how how do you how do you reconcile all the changes unless you just go like some multiverse BS. You know, these aren't the actual prime, you know, in quotation, prime timeline folks that we're supposedly following. And, like, 
I don't know, you just go back to the moment of, you go back to the very moment that we had in episode one before the destruction of the Stargazer. And, and it's like, oh, hey, I'm Jurati Queen, Queen Jurati. Like, hey, let's hold our horses here a little bit. And then our characters can just continue to live because they didn't blow themselves up. Yeah. I mean, is that, that would be so, like, I, of I mean, I think that's what's going to happen, but like. Can someone remind me if the the super mega Borg ship did that explode also in in the first episode? Well, um, I don't think so. Because I'm, legi- I'm legitimately forgetting right now. You know what? That makes a hell of a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it. Think about this for a second. This is time loop. That's yeah. exactly what it, it's time loop. So Gerardi's past self, uh, you know, effectively broke a multi-dimensional barrier later on with that ship in the first episode. So that wasn't that timeline's Borg. That was a completely different time. This weird little pocket-dimensional Borg, and there she's effectively fulfilling her own loop, going back. And the hope is, is that the escape? like the escape from death because Picard gave the order to destroy the ship. It destroyed the entire fleet. So at this point, the escape is making a different decision there at that point. And we, we've effectively been living a loop. A so, uh, so, what is that? So, a self-fulfilling or self-prophesizing loop or whatever that so is. So has this whole season been one really long cause and effect episode where they... Enterprise yeah. crashes into Fraser's Fraser yeah. ship. Yeah. Look, I I <laughs> like season has been. I liked cause and effect. I actually did. That's one of the very few um, anything time wise that I've ever really enjoyed, especially in this universe. But if that's what they're doing here, for some reason, because it's taking so long to get to that point, it feels hyper lame. <laughs> and plus, I've already seen it. Yeah, and then what does Q have to do with any of that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's a part of the loop. He, he, he Man. I don't know. Did... Man. Maybe he just wants to hang out with Picard forever, and this is his way of doing it. This is just his, his hyper loop so he can hang out with Picard. He's like, come on, man. I, you know, you don't like hanging out with me, so I figured I'd trap you in a time loop. <sighs> Isn't it fun? No, my head hurts. <laughs> Time loop. Book it. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Yes, so, but how do we get back? How do like how do our people get back to that point? I don't think they do. I think I think that that's kind of the thing that they are effectively living out their lives in this alternate sort of reality. So they just find a quiet corner of history and or find a quiet corner of somewhere and oh, stay LA. out of history stay out of history's way until they do until the loop's broken when the loop breaks they've effectively ceased to exist which is the plot of something else what is that the plot of that's a plot of something I don't know, I don't know. It's a plot of something. I've heard that one before, too. Yeah, yeah. Is that like how Marty McFly is disappearing? 
No, it's he's, no. I know. I, I, like no, it, it, it bas it's basically like when when the thing is broken, when the thing is quote unquote fixed, everything that took place prior no longer exists because that reality becomes a non-issue at that point. Yeah, I, I, I know I know what you're you're talking about. I just can't put my finger on it, David. Gosh, what is that? What is that? What? Okay, whatever, whatever. But yeah, freaking time travel. It's great. It's great. Um. Man, okay. Well, we've talked about pretty much everything, so that's the show, guys. <laughs> Shortest episode ever. <laughs> um, no, I do right. feel like there are some things to talk yeah. about here. So, yeah. ju just a, just a quick drive-by fruiting. So, um, after this this um, you know starts, we have um, we're we're on the La Serena, and Rios is hanging out with Teresa and Ricardo and realizing the Borg are coming, and then this is like where all like the siege of Chateau Picard pretty much starts, uh, for the most part. Uh, the siege of Chateau Picard. You like that? Does that sound pretty epic? <laughs> Assault on Chateau Picard. Ooh. That sounds, that sounds like some turn of the century, like, you know, weird novel thing. <laughs> siege of Chateau Picard. It's like a vampire. It feels like a vampire thing. <laughs> we could always always go with um, the siege of um, Labar. You know, since they're in Labar, France. I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. Okay. Um, so so anyway, anyway, hold on. We gotta protect. We gotta protect La Serena. But no, we can't do that because the queen instantly beams onto the ship, and Rios is like, "Run!" And they run. Don't get. Get, get, get. We got to get out of here. You got to get um, kittens, y'all. And then so, like, now we're all, we're in the dark. It was very dark, very dark. Um, <laughs> and these these mercenaries who have been assimilated, in a sense, right? But, like, they're assimilated, but not really, because Gerardi can't really, Queen Gerardi can't really assimilate them. Like, she can mind control them through collective, right? Because we they talk about that, but they don't get any Borg enhancements, mm -hmm. which is why like Seven and Rafi can stab one of them to death. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can stab a Borg to death like that. You can shoot it with a Tommy gun. Yes, with no safety protocols. That's right. Let's go, someone. Yes, yes. I understood can. that reference. <laughs> we all understood. That <laughs> what did you guys think of of kind of some of the, um, I, I guess, violence slash action in this? The gratuitous, over the top violence. Well, well was, there, it? was it? I mean, there's there's two pieces there that I two. would call a bit gratuitous. Yeah. I mean, in general, not just violent, but in general, there are two two parts. The one, the stabbing, the double, the double dragon stabbing okay. thing, that was a little, little gratuitous. There's another one that's a part of another piece of the story that I, you know, talk about at some point. But flashback stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, then that makes it three then for me. Yeah. So yeah, the the one with um, Elnor on the ship, you know, mm. where we have Hollow Elnor, by the way, with his mobile emitter, by the way. Who um, remembers dead Elnor's last breath? Yeah, that's a thing, though. That? that is a thing. Remember, we talked about that in Rogue Elements when we were reading that book. 
they that like the computer just like violates every part of you so that it can grab every part of who you are and misrepresent you as a hologram. Yeah, but but since but like <clears throat> have we ever had an emergency combat hologram? No, but we had the emergency tactical hologram. Like how is that any different? Like, did we just want to say combat instead of tactical? Is that like really what it amounts to? There was yes. a lot of there was a lot of tactical in this episode. And let me just point this out here. First of all, no one, no one who is attempting to sneak up and kill you is going to just have green lasers all over the place. This is something so blatantly Hollywood that it just it, it borders on the utter ridiculousness. Oh. They're gonna shoot me because I see their big green laser. It's, so it's I will move. Supposed to make them look Borgish, because with yep. the Borg laser eye things, right? Look, if you wanted to kill them, you wouldn't have brought the green lasers. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just to make them look Borgish. But I totally, I get your point, right? I get your point. You totally reminded me of like I felt like I was playing a game like um, uh, like Rainbow Six or something. I felt like I was playing like some kind of like Tom Clancy game. When I was watching this, this all go down with the siege of Chateau Picard. It, it, yeah, yeah. The 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 stabby McStabberson of you know the choose to live hollow Elnor on the on the ship, and then of course the double dragon thing um, in Chateau Picard. Um, like that was. I think the double dragon thing that you're talking about, that was the only, no, well, of the combat, that was the only one I really had to, like, look away with. I was like, gosh, like, are we really having to do this? And but, the, but and, they, and they even blocked it, though, to where you didn't see the whole thing, and I still had to look away. I think that's really rather tame compared to, like, things they did in season one with, like, Like you know, Echeb? and then the Borg <laughs> Reclamation Project where they're, like, ripping them apart. The Romulans. Well. No, but you know, but also, you know, one thing that I love about sieges in movies and TV shows is we always have to stop and have big battlefield conversations with our enemy, right? <laughs> yeah. Hold your fire. Let's let's just talk about this here. Let's give away our position when we're supposed to be hiding by talking. Did did anyone? Okay, I'm, tr I'm I'm really trying not to be hypercritical about this, but when that happened, when we see Adam Soong like just come out of no literal nowhere, and like, hey, Picard, Picard, Aliaxin, breathe, come on out, or stop playing, you know? Did anyone think that it was like just really bad chroma key work, like? Like it was like hardcore, like hardcore green screen with that. I feel the, like the, all of our shots of Chateau Picard here have been hardcore green screen. Agreed. Like all the aerial, like zoom in shots. And I don't think any of them look particularly good. No, the old mist trick too, throwing a bunch of fog on stuff okay. as well. I yeah, I I, I kind of thought that too. it's like this looks like did you how many times have I said this have you used all your budget already I feel like I also said that in discovery a few times too 
Yeah, the flamethrower guy. He's he's on hiatus. They didn't re- re, you know renew his contract. Well, he's got you know he's got an exclusive contract with Discovery. My bad. My yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the green screen with like the little parlay that happened between Soong and Picard, like was just I don't know, like bad. It was just so bad. It looked like someone. And I don't, and I know this is like probably insulting to high schoolers, but it just looked like a high schooler did it, like with the chroma key work, like with that green screen, like it was bad, man. It was bad. It looks so cheap and so fake. I expect more. Yep. But Picard's like, you'll have to find us first. You can't kill us. You have to find us first. I feel happy. I'd like to go for a walk. And then, Not like, dead yet. conveniently, hey, let's get Rios and, and the civilians out of here, right? So how do we do Again, that? Let's shoot them in the shoulder and then beam them out with, like, the cloud transport. Yeah, but, like, I don't mind that, like, as a way to get them out of there. It's just, like, Rios, ha- has, his storyline is so irrelevant this entire yeah. season. It's, like, what is the purpose of any of this story with Rios. Like, he was literally, he was the captain of the Stargazer in episode one. And now he's relegated to just, yeah, let's just get him out of here. He's not going to help us. Yep. It's like, damn, that's a precipitous fall. <laughs> um, so, yeah, along the way, like, we've, we've got we've gotten you know rios and his his lady friend and her son back at talon's apartment trying to get all sutured up and taken care of and you know Teresa, she's all like oh my gosh you got an emergency room in your pocket yeah that or you're just happy to see me one of the two but apart from that like it's just like cat and mouse type of thing like pretty much the entire time at Chateau Picard. Yeah, but it's and like the worst cat and mouse ever. Like supposedly, it really is. supposedly we're like running for our lives in danger from mercenary hybrid Borg here, and yet every room we walk into, let's stop for a moment to yep. have a flashback. Like yep. all of the tension that you might create from like this cat and mouse chase, this oh I'm in danger is broken every time we go into a flashback. It's just, I don't understand the decision behind behind that. I don't have a problem with the flashbacks. In fact, I actually enjoy the flashbacks, but they're like at the wrong time. That, that was kind of something we talked about with Discovery too, about like, not holding our attention when there's supposed to be suspense. You know, that all oh, this is a tense moment where the 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 thing is coming right for us uh but then it was always like i don't know hey let's stop and go look at some dead space worms you know it just seems to be the thing that they're trying i feel like they're trying to stretch out something that would have been a two episode arc at the end of a season as opposed to just writing an entire season worth of show and that is the problem, my friends, when you go away from what I like to call the monster of the week. When you, when you do these long-form, long-arc shows without a, a coherent and relevant idea, that's the kind of stuff you get. 
Well, well, I think. It, well, here's here's the problem. Is that is that the writer's fault or is that the executive's fault? Because I feel like the writers might come and say, "Hey, we have this idea that's maybe three, four, five episodes," and the executives are like, "Make it 10. That's an interesting question. Hey, so Chase, uh, you, you're friends with all these guys on Twitter, like uh, you know, like, uh, rub, rub, rub some elbows, bro. <laughs> hey, Heather. Hey, Alex. Can I call you Alex? Um, what's Ow. going on? <laughs> hey, Keith. Ow. Hey, hey Keith. What are we doing? Keith, come over here. Let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> oh, Sir Patrick, man, like, what's going on with your show? Well, I mean, he's an EP, so I mean, he's. I mean, he's just as much to blame as anyone else. Make it longer. You know, like the thing, the, so this show was supposed to have been out like a little bit sooner, right? Like season two was supposed to be out sooner than it actually was. And part of the delay, like we all know with all shows for the most part was because of, you know, what happened in 2020 with COVID-19 coming stateside. And the thing that was like a blessing and a curse that they were kind of talking about in like a, a number of interviews was the fact that they couldn't, you know, like the industry just shut down, like everything shut down. Right. But they were using the time to really like zero in and focus on the story and like really get ahead on, on craft on, on like the, the crafting of the scripts for season two and also season three. And I'm like, okay, Okay, cool. How bad was could... the first draft of this season? I mean... <laughs> hey, you know what is pretty cool, guys? Uh, I, I mean, it's it's super-duper cool. Uh, setting up more convenient you know, plot points like, oh, yeah, back in World War II, this was like a weapons cache. Oh, hey, look, a gun that still somehow works that I'm going to shoot you with. Was that like a Luger? Is that what that was? I didn't. I yeah, think I it think was, so. yeah. So. It looked like a Luger. Really it hasn't been cleaned or oiled in, what, a hundred years? And it just so happened to have a few. Years? And it had a few in the clip, like from like 80, 90 years earlier. It's a magazine chase. Get it right. My bad. Luger's also drunk. We can stockpile German weapons in France. It's fine. They wave the white flag. I'm sorry, all you French people. That was a terrible joke. That was terrible. I'm sorry. You would never give up. Never surrender. Play the historical documents. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about these flashbacks that I brought up here, because I think I really need to talk about these. <clears throat> So, you know, we had the whole episode, whole episode two episodes ago, like, Picard is, he misremembered his past, right? He was an unreliable narrator about what really happened with his mother. He thought his mother was perfect. Turns out she was had some kind of mental illness, didn't want to get help for it. His father is not the monster that he thought he was. And so, we was like, you know, there's more to the story here, Right. Um, and I guess the more to the story is Picard, young Picard, let his mother out of her room that his father had locked her in, and she committed suicide as a result. And I think Picard is what blamed himself for that, or did he forget that he was responsible for that? Like, what is the story? Has he been blaming himself all his life for his mother's death, or did he forget? What do you think? 
I felt really confused by by that whole ending because they also did like the whole uh, rewinding of things like walking everything backwards and so forth so I was a little I was a little confused I, I'll also just say this here um, you know I've had people in my life commit suicide I did not I, I it's not like I wasn't like triggered by this or anything like that to use the kids term I didn't particularly like particularly enjoy it being shown as much as it was if I'm just being honest I think the first shot was enough for me um, and then it just got oh here by the way let me show you as she slowly unwraps the coil from around her neck I didn't I don't know I, I think when I when I was thinking about gratuity that to me that to me was gratuitous I didn't but I mean I, I understand it from a story point I guess but I didn't really understand the the like yeah like Eric said does he blame himself did he just try and not remember it? Was it the trauma that led him on his journey that broke him out of his little shell here or something like that? Maybe they'll clarify that more? I doubt they will. I mean, he he blames his, his father for, like, all the wrongs that ever happened in his life, you know, growing up. And his only escape, like, from what we knew at the time were, were like, the stars and, like, his books and everything like that. That's what we, for the longest time, like up until this season, that we extrapolated as, you know, that's what got him to move away from the Chateau and to pursue Starfleet and, you know, space exploration and stuff like that. And, I mean, I have no issue, like, with his mom being part of the, the inspiration, like, for, like, looking up and, like, doing what he did. I have zero issues with that. Um, but, like, to retcon... A lot of stuff and just to flippantly change stuff in this episode for like his history I do kind of have some issues with that there was um, um, the part where we we see the image of um, Yvette um, in the room I was like I was picking up my phone and I was about to text you guys and I'm like no just finish watching the episode like there's only a few minutes left just finish watching it and then text and I was like so frustrated after watching like how they explained like the fact that you know she died in like the 2310s instead of you know the 2360s or 70s or whatever you know like we saw we've seen old lady Picard Yeah but in, I think it, I think they tried to explain they that did. way They did they tried to like just you know lo- say like that's how I I have always imagined her as an old woman what she might look like type of thing and like taking that idea and that becomes like this manifestation like we see in next gen uh what was that season one i believe season one of next gen that sounds right yeah one or Or, two or early season two yeah but yeah like like just that like that just like that bugged the living crap out of me i'll get over it but it just like we're 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 messing so we're we're just retconning things left and right like we have not seen Robert yeah I was gonna say like where is Picard's brother in this whole like they're literally Mm -hmm. sitting down in like the living room at Chateau Picard right mom and dad are having their coffee and there's some breakfast but where's the brother now I mean 
we're not necessarily seeing truth, right? We're seeing a flashback, a memory. So Picard's animosity towards his brother could just be like removing him from the picture. But again, that idea of a false, a false, you know, narrator. Hey, how about a nice alternate timeline, guys? Where this all did happen, but then in another one, it didn't happen exactly like this. Can you just stop saying alternate timeline? It's the I only word. say it because it's probably going to be a thing that happens. Yeah, but I don't need to hear it all the time. Yes, you need to hear it. Accept. Accept it. Yeah, but but see that the the reason why I say that is because it's like I understand like the frustration. I understand the frustration about effectively having a rewrite here, but that's what the newer movies were too, right? And how did they explain that? Another timeline. So wait, hold on. Are you saying that we are in the Kelvin timeline? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we're in another timeline. That, that, that's it's not that bina- it's not binary. It doesn't have to be Kelvin or Prime. It could be mm-hmm. a different one. Yeah, it's the one that Tarka came from. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I just, again, I just bring that up because I feel like it, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of odd because you know in like the Star Wars universe, yes, there there have been some retcons here and there. But by and large, they try and keep a reasonable hold on the history as it sits and don't mess with it a ton. Whereas, at least in newer Trek, there, there seems to be a lot, a lot looser hold on what is universally true. Like, canon isn't really a word here for these folks at times. But- but here's here's the thing that is like kind of crossing my mind, David, that, you know, of course, like we're like the super fans, you know, you know, we 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 have like a freaking like decoder ring for all things Star Trek, pretty much. And like we understand the canon, we understand the history, the lore, all that stuff. So, of course, we're going to be, you know, going over things with a very fine tooth comb. But like, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to bet, like, I'll bet you a buck or six donuts that this like this era like the writers don't think that they're really messing with canon as much as they are that's why we need to get Ira and his writing team back (laughs) I'm just saying when in that what you leave behind what we left behind documentary he got his whole writing team back and in one afternoon they put together like a perfect premise for a season revival like right I want to see <laughs> season 8 of Deep Space Nine I'm just saying literally, after literally watching in one that. afternoon the <laughs> writing team got together like yeah wow what they came up with right yeah can we can we do that please can we have a season 8 of Deep Space Nine like can we make it happen we'll call it Star Trek Cisco Only if Ira's in charge. Only. Yeah, that's the only way. Yeah. Um, okay, so have we talked about this episode at all? 
Well, I, I mean, I think I think really the only thing left is to talk about the Gerardi Borg Queen duality thing. Yeah, this was kind of confusing to me a little bit. I mean, so Queen equal adrenaline, Gerardi equal mercy and sadness. Right? Am I am I am, am I picking that up right? Like the neurochemicals and stuff. Uh, yeah. What neurochemical is? Or like the or the soup or the whatever. Yeah, the soup. Yeah, the soup. Like that's the like that's the 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 soup stuff that she digs. Like she's like the alphabet soup. Like I just only want the letters. Give me the letters. You can have the broth. Type of thing. You give me more letters, so I'm in, I have more control now. Yay. Sorry, that I don't know why I went next, with soup. That should be your next Twitter poll. What soup is your brain? That <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that unfortunately was like yeah. I mean, and Eric, you you've pointed this out quite a bit because like you had your math episode in Discovery, and that was fun. But by and large, like. You know, you do get a lot of mumbo jumbo at times. You know, techno babble and stuff that isn't necessarily real at times. And I think that this was sort of, you know, maybe their attempt at like some techno babble. It's like, oh yeah, well the brain soup goes both ways. When you do things that I don't like, I get stronger. But when I do things you don't like, you get stronger. And and then we fight over the body, and then we become something different. So, I mean, they're trying to explain it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess my my biggest problem is like Gerardi's like we're the same, you and I we're no different from each other, and the reason why we're the same is because we're, not we're so both different. We're both I. lonely, right? That's that's why we're the same is we're both lonely, and like I guess they've tried. To, I think they feel like they've tried to plant the seeds of this, like last episode like they were like you know seven was like you know it's that low once you've been connected to the hive and now you're you're away from it it's so quiet and you're so lonely and you just long for that connection but like is that really the thing that makes them the same is they're just lonely now i know i know people can bond over loneliness obviously that happens but i mean that's the reason why, like, the Borg Queen stands down from her maniacal quest for perfection? No. <laughs> Look, every captain, every Starfleet officer, every species that the Borg have ever come across, there has, there, there has to have been some form of a conversation like that, regardless of how well thought out or not, that has taken place between someone from whatever species and the Borg. What makes Gerardi so doggone special to where she can, you know, use her neurotransmitters to convince the Borg's neurotransmitters to create new neurotransmitters together and become this whole new thing to evolve? Like, what, what what's so special about Gerardi? Besides, the writers made it that way. I don't know. Because like that's that's effectively what we're doing is that this random 
roboticist, right, that took a, an antique computer class is like so special that she can convince the Borg to not be the Borg anymore. Hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years across multiple quadrants and sectors, people have been trying to do this. And all of a sudden, okay, but you owe me. You owe, you owe me, me something. Ship. You owe me a ship. <laughs> like, that's all you want? Like, really? No. I just... I just like this potential class of Borg we're creating. Hello, sir or madam. Are you feeling particularly bad? Would you like to become a part of a collective? It's a lot of fun and only hurts a little bit in the beginning. And then you can hear us all in your head. If you think that sounds weird, let's try a trial version for 30 days. <laughs> just don't forget to uninstall McAfee. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Like, Door-to-door Borg salesman. It's like, have you met our Lord and Savior, Gerardi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks like you might be dying on your ship. Would you perhaps like to live? <laughs> wow. Make sure that you deposit enough gold-pressed latinum to this account. <laughs> Either in installments or in an annual subscription. Welcome to the fourth annual meeting of the Borg. Uh, we've just noticed, uh, Frank, uh, Frank, Alice, you haven't paid your, your Borg dues yet. Uh, just going to need that so that we can continue to build ships and assimilate people in a nice way. Cause we were, we're nice Borg. Janice, thank you for these cookies. They, they were fantastic. And that lemonade was just on point. Resistance is permissible. <laughs> <laughs> that should be one of your shirts. <laughs> Writing that down. Just Writing. like a Borg cube, resistance is permissible. <laughs> your proposal is absurd, but not without a certain amount of intrigue. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. And then, and then, before <laughs> before Gerardi goes, Gerardi Queen, Queen Gerardi. Oh, you know, there's actually two Renees. The whole mystery of the two Renees, or one for the present and one for the future. Like, okay, what does that so, mean? So you know what I was thinking. And why drop said- that on us right now? Like, what's the? Why not? two three episodes ago when we actually yep. cared about renee picard so th- here's the thing that i was thinking about like that i was truly thinking about whenever they said that um there must be two renees one must live one must die oh yeah type of thing i'm like renee, yeah that already happened or is happening like why are we making such a big deal about this like renee with the double e who's on the ship by the way is alive Renee, with the one E, the male, died in generations. Boom. Problem solved. Okay. That's true. I don't know. It feels like a strange mystery to drop on us right before the end of this season. When there's already so many other stories we have to wrap up. I keep going back to that. Like, this episode does nothing to, like... 
wrap up the story at all. Or at least so, doesn't even move it towards wrapping it up, I don't think. You know what I'm kind of expecting, in a way? Um, uh, let's see. Computer, play mood music. No. Cancel. Computer, play epic music. There we go. So I'm kind of expecting there to be like this portals kind of scene, you know, that we saw like in Avengers Endgame. You know, like as they're like walking off, like we've got to prepare, got to make it so bold to go. You know, like we got it, we got to do something because stuff's about to hit the fan. Like, like I'm just expecting like something, some kind of like I'm expecting it to be epic, but knowing that it's just going to be like some pew pews, you know, kind of going on, and that's that's going to be it. Picard's a symbol. Yeah, every Picard that we ever came across in, like, the Coda series is going to show up. Even that lame one from Tapestry? Including that one. You are a junior astrophysics officer. <laughs> <laughs> we could always have, you know, um, Luke Picard show up, you know, the one that actually gave in to Please torture stop. And decided to live on Romulus and be a very rich man and then pose as Captain Picard. You know, we could always have that one. It'd be great. Anyway, yeah, like whenever whenever they were like standing on the dirt road, you know, I thought like a country song was going to play or something or like, you know, the Family Ties theme song was going to play. I was like, yeah, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Unless, like, we somehow do, like, a Times Arrow thing where we go to, like, a cave and, like, everything we need is there and there's, like, you know, some, like, time-traveling cane or something to help us get somewhere. Because it's the escape that matters, Eric. Did I break Eric? I think I broke Eric. Okay. (laughs) I think think I'm done with this episode. I feel like we haven't even really talked (laughs) <laughs> I think we, we have. Hey, we have. Hey, Seven's partially Borg again. Yeah, like... So, yeah, she gets, like... Like, the Borg Queen tries to kill her with her, like, Doc Ock, you know, tentacles or whatever. And whenever she said, like, there's a price that has to be paid, I was like, really? Like, Borg implants is the price that has to be paid? Like, for real? Yep. I mean, she's just going to have them back whenever we get back to the future anyway. Like, what's the big deal? I feel like by this moment in time, Seven of Nine has come to accept herself for who she is. Like, she's got these Borg implants. That's who she is. And she's confident and comfortable enough in her own skin to accept those. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. All right. Well... Y'all have any final thoughts, any final things that you need to say before we move on to evaluating this episode? No. Okay. All right. Well, with that, let's go in. Uh, let's let's rate this episode. So uh, if this is your first time listening, we go on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. So with that, Eric, how would you rate this episode? You know, my problem with this episode is not that it was 
unentertaining because I was actually more entertained by this episode than I was by some other episodes. It just makes no sense why this episode exists. Like, as David said, I don't care about the Borg situation right now. I really, really don't. Like, I want to know about the Q of it all, right? That is what, that's presumably what this season is about. And they dropped a huge bombshell on us last week about Q dying, right? Let's let's follow that storyline because that's, that's, I think, what's important here, right? Because this whole thing was set up by Q and it supposedly is about Q and about Q helping Picard or helping him atone or, or having him pay a penance. But, like, that's not what we're getting at all. And I guess my biggest problem is... This episode offers no forward momentum to an ending. Like, how is there only one episode left after this? Like, I I don't get it. I really, I really just don't get it. And I think that's my biggest problem because there are so many little loose dangling plot threads that I think it's impossible for one episode to, like, finish it up. I really do. But not only that is, like... Okay, I don't know how one episode can satisfactorily wrap up these storylines. But what does a satisfactory ending even look like? And I don't I don't know the answer to that. Like I really don't because I don't know what's happening. And I guess that's more of a problem with the season as a whole rather than this episode. I don't think you can put all of those problems and lay them squarely on this episode. So I don't want to be too harsh on this particular episode because I did enjoy it. I was entertained. Um, it's just, I'm just, I'm confused. And I, I don't know what, I'm I'm not enjoying this season at all. I, this season started out fantastic. I'm not really enjoying it at all. Um, it's, so it's hard to rate. It's hard to rate for me. Um, oh man. Let's just give it a 6.6. Okay. 6.6 for Eric. How about you, David? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's confusing. You know, sort of tacking on again. It, it just... You know, it's like we're, we're packing so much into this while not really addressing the heart of why you created this season in the first place. Um, Discovery set a, a pretty terrible precedent by having these lame payoffs after this whole season of trying to get to the payoff. And I feel like you know, if the payoff is time loop or if the payoff is multiverse or if the payoff is like some sort of, I don't know, time crap, it just, it, 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 it's not satisfying enough. And like, where do we even go from here? There's a season three. We already know that there's a season three and the, we're, we're like getting the whole band back together. It's like, how enthused am I going to be 
to get the band back together when I mean I, I've just been so darn confused throughout this entire this entire season and, and Eric's right the beginning of this was was not bad we, we started fairly strong like the first episode was great and then we have this idea of Q and then we don't feature him very often. It's it's like a it's like an afterthought. I don't care about the Borg thing. And you know, here's the other thing too. The Borg are effectively done, from what we can tell. They're done here. So who who's who's the, the foil for next week? Adam Soong? Mm-hmm. I don't care about him either. I I, I don't care about that storyline either. Like okay, so he's just doing more eugenics great sweet that's what soongs do you know that's they're always trying to do something crazy but he there there has to be a foil right because there's always a foil in the in this in this show and it was the borg or maybe it was q now it's the borg now it's soon it's like you're, you're just you're downgrading your foils you know, generally speaking, the more you get on in a story, the harder the big boss at the end of the tunnel becomes, because that's how you test yourself. And in this, it's like we've just downgraded, downgraded, downgraded. And my God, if this is all just in the, you know, resolve with the snap of a finger or some time loop thing, I don't, I just, I go back, I don't think that that's a very satisfying conclusion to this. Um, and you know what? I'll also say this. I haven't really said... I, I might have said this before. It is... It is somewhat depressing to me to see Patrick Stewart this old. And I felt like in this episode... I I don't know if I noticed it before as much. I felt like in this episode, it was, he was so sedentary that it was like... I just don't understand why we're continuing to do this here. And that's not to say I won't watch season three or anything, but like, I don't even know how you save a payoff. So was this episode terrible? Um, no, but it felt low budget. It felt even more confusing. The Renee dead Renee alive Renee. It's like, that's something you talk about like episode two or three of a season that's something that you tease in the beginning and that becomes your your key to everything at the end like please don't make me tell a writer how to write a show you know what i mean but um but yeah as far as a rating goes like i i, I really hate flaming stuff because I, I i think that there's some entertainment value here but i just found myself really being very nitpicky over thing green lights uh, you know the the you know the, this this pseudo retconning of everything, you know, kind of depressing Picard. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, I, I'm just gonna say um, uh, six one. Wow. Yeah, like that comment you're making, by the way, David, about like Picard being pretty sedentary i mean apart from like a handful of scenes where we see him like walking around like he's like sitting a lot in this series a lot 
Uh, I mean, not that he didn't sit a lot in, in next gen, but I mean, he was the captain, so he was in the center seater in his ready room, but he was still pretty active. I mean, first contact, he was like freaking, you know, climbing up um, a wire and going all Tarzan on us for crying out Had loud. The guns. Yeah, man. Sh- yeah, for real. <laughs> hey, you, do you know which way it is to the gun show? Uh, that way. <laughs> Been um, doing a lot of that P90X. Yeah, man. I'm on three different kinds of whey protein, too. <laughs> oh, I gotta rate this, don't I? Um, so, the beginning, in ways, maybe more of the middle. The middle had me, I think, more intrigued than anything else. It was, I guess, like the the beginning and the end where... I was like, meh, a lot of the time while watching it. Um, I've said this before, but like of the, of like the newcomer, like quote unquote, like the new cast, right? Like Rios has been like the one that I've, I've liked the most. Um, And just to kind of see him just, just sidelined, you know, like let's send him back to the apartment, you know, let him have, try and hotwire you know, the the switch to have him, you know, transport back. I wasn't too crazy about that. I really didn't like... Like, I, I remember, um, what was it? Was it... It was one of the three weeks. He was either, either Watcher, Fly Me to the Moon, or Two of One. I can't remember which one it was. When Gerardi went shotgun crazy on the police officer, the constable, the whatever. Um, I... I Gave gave that episode a really hard time for that, and this had like two or three of those kind of moments where it was just too over the top for me. Um, I'm okay. Like, look, I'm not a prude when it comes to violence. Like, I can handle violence, but when it's like over the top and it's in Star Trek, that's where I have a problem. Um, just you know, Elnor, you know, Hollow Elnor being being Elnor, you know, just going Stabby McStabberson, you know, and then, you know, Rafi and Seven just, like, insisting on sticking a, a knife through someone's face, and then just the long, exaggerated, okay, we get the point, she hung herself moment um, was just a little much for me. I have, I'm, I'm with you, Eric, like, I don't, I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out, like, how are we going to you know, really wrap this up, you know, in, in, a, in a decent way. Um, and David, when you were talking about like the big bads and the foils and stuff, like again, 24, like whenever we watch 24, like there's like all these like random henchmen that we think is like the dude. And then we like get to like the last two episodes and we realize, oh shoot, you're the dude. You're I was totally. Guy. The same thing he said that. I was like, right, we like, get the reveal. You are the dude. Now it's Charles Logan. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Now it's Victor Drazen. <gasps> mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, like, there's no way that, you know, Adam Sung is like the dude. Ain't no way. The final boss. Ain't no way. No, like He's not OP enough, you know. He, he like his stats aren't high enough to be able to suffice as a as a final boss for crying out loud. I mean, 
video game rules, 24 rules, any storytelling rules, like plain, plainly state, he doesn't have the stats. So I'm kind of disappointed um, a little bit with this. Um, where's Robert? I've been asking this for weeks. Where is Robert? I don't have a sibling, but even if I did, I can't imagine that I would hate someone that much that I would completely erase them from my my mind. Like, I know you have a brother, Eric. I know that you two probably don't get along all this all the time, but I don't think you hate him that much to completely eliminate him from your subconscious for crying out loud. Not anymore. There we go. See? See? But still, like, where is Robert? Where is he? Like, where is he? Like, Mama died. Where's Robert? Oh, yeah, he's just picking grapes. I've been here the whole time. I was just out in the field picking grapes. That's where I've been. You just should have looked out the window. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm stalling, guys. Um... I think I'm 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 feeling kind of comfortable with like a six three six four for the most part. So I think I'll do that. I just go like a six, go with the six point three on that one. So there we have it, y'all. There we have it. We have one episode left. One episode left, and you know. The Ready Room didn't even give us the courtesy of a sneak peek, which they oh, did that for Discovery, too. It didn't? Yeah, there's no sneak peek for, for the season finale. No, I didn't watch the Ready Room today. Yeah, but they do give you like a very brief, kind of pointless sneak peek of, of Strange New Worlds, which is cool, I guess. It's just Pike on a shuttlecraft approaching the Enterprise. That's it. There. You don't have to watch it now. Um, anyway... Well, in the um, the craziness that was this week, like with hard drives and just everything else, like with slicing my thumb and the hard drive issue, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm so very sorry, my friend. There is no Twitter poll. Man, I'm on a, I'm on a seven. I'm on a seven poll run here. You're just trying to ice me. Calling the timeout no. before the kicker comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. There will be um, there will be a poll next time. Uh, I promise you that much. Um, but yeah, next time, next week is the season finale of Star Trek: Picard, season two, and the series premiere of Strange New Worlds. Come on, somebody, who's excited? I know I am. I think. Okay, so tell me what what Discovery episode premiered the same week Picard premiered? Okay, um, so that was March third uh, when the Stargazer came out, and that would have been Rosetta. Okay, so we had a Discovery. really good episode and a kind of a slow, boring episode. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> Dad, come, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the show, everyone. Guys, thank you as always uh, for uh, for the conversation, for taking a very nonlinear approach, which is apparently what is going on with uh, Star Trek Picard right now. Very nonlinear approach to uh, whatever's going on, which we'll hopefully find out next time. That at the beginning of season three. 
whatever comes first. I don't know. Um, anyways, what did y'all think of the episode? Did you like it? Did you love it? Do you want some more of it? Did you cry so hard? No? No? No one? Okay. Um, let us know what you thought about the episode. We'd love to hear from you, our dear listeners, of what you thought of the episode. Uh, you can learn more about us, check us out, um, things like that at trtvpod.com. Um, but if you want to uh, support the show, of course, tell your friends about it. Um, check us out on all the socials. We're all um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at trtvpod. Of course, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us a note, send us an email, stuff like that. Open up hailing frequencies. Enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. And also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before, you know resistance is permissible so i guess take your time if you want to uh finally if you do want to mail us something like i don't know something cool kind of star trekky you know like the star trek bible that's fine lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for tuning in and as always remember to boldly go and make it so